Mm-hmm. Okay, sick, man. So, all right, welcome back. And we are back to our discussion on, generally speaking, um, communicating with different generations and, you know, maybe other people with a different set of beliefs, the frustrations with that and how we, you know, how we can get over that. Sometimes, not even just from a standpoint of, like, someone who's very uh, libertarian-leaning, but just in general, young people speaking to, um, you know, people of different persuasions, methods of, of how, to, how to persuade people the right way and shit like that. So, um, f- forgive me if I forget where what, you had a point you were saying before we left. Um, I... Honestly, don't remember. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. I should have should have wrote it down. No, nah, it's all good. We'll just we'll just uh, see what see where it takes us. So, mm-hmm. I think what I said something along the lines of, you know, it, it's difficult when you're speaking to people from a different generation because they. I feel like the the younger you get and the older you get, the easier it is to convince yourself that you're right for a multitude of reasons. Like when you're yeah. young. Obviously, your way is the only way you're really exposed to. You're not as exposed to different types of ideas unless you're raised in an environment that like encourages you to do that. Yeah. And you know, normally a lot of people, they'll just spew – if they are very political, they'll just spew whatever their parents told them um, without really giving yeah. it much thought until they actually you know, get challenged on those beliefs by somebody else. And then another thing is like as you get older, confirmation bias, you know, everybody wants to be right. Nobody wants to be told they're wrong about anything. So it's kind of harder to mm-hmm. uh, you know, convince yourself to – listen to different points of view, I guess, because, you know, you get older, obviously your experience shape your, your views a little bit, and maybe you gain a yeah. little bit of uh, too much confidence in your beliefs and you don't challenge them enough. What do you think? Yeah. No, I agree. And especially like not even, well, m- politically and also religiously as well parents just parents tend to try because when we're young we're impressionable and parents kind of i feel like all parents just naturally kind of uh when they're raising their kid they want them to have you know the same reflection of their beliefs so i feel like parents typically tried uh to i don't want to say brainwash because it's kind of like you know it's it's uh, a little bit like too extreme to use that word, but at the same time, like they try to, you know, again, you know, be use their impression that they have on their kids, and you know, they try to influence their kids into having the same thoughts as they do. And I think that's just something a lot of parents do because when they think that they're right, or maybe not that they're right, but they're you know they're confident in their beliefs, it's they want you know, to typically, they want to carry on that belief. They want to have, you know, they want to, you know, spread it. I think that's kind of natural. Or maybe yeah. not spread it, but. Well, I think, you know, I think it's kind of natural, yeah. Right word, but, mm-hmm. No, I mean, you, yeah. there's definitely examples of that, which can be toxic to an extent where some, I saw a post one time where someone was like, if you envision to have kids and you envision them to be like any type of way, you probably shouldn't have kids because, people are individuals and kids are individuals and if they don't live up to this like this image you have for them it could definitely lead to a lot of like trauma and a lot of just you know bad shit happening which yeah which like you know on one hand i don't think it's really necessarily insidious i don't think it's like people have bad intentions i just think that we as humans just have some habits that we're kind of in our subconscious about the way we talk and the way we 
behave, especially towards our kids. I mean, I don't have kids yeah. yet, but uh, I think that's part of it. Um, I don't know. I, I, on one hand, like, of course you want to teach your kids about like a certain way of life and, and how, you know, your experiences and why you believe the things you believe. But at the same time, I think because you think it's right, you know, right. Because and you think you it's wanna, right. You yeah. want to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's a it, it, side note, but it kind of cracks me up when you see like posts on Twitter uh, or, or Facebook where it's just like my kid just turned my 10 year old or my whatever year old just said this thing to me. Uh, and it's like some, oh, it's like some total bullshit. Political. Yeah. Like nothing that they said. Like there's no fucking way your kid said that. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> like, my, yeah. like I saw this one that was cracking. It was like my 10 year old was just upset about the polling coming out of the Iowa caucus that, um, that the, uh, number one issue where, where the voters was um, healthcare and not climate change. He's like, healthcare, not climate change. That's like uh, being in a, uh, you know, a burning building and thinking, um, thinking that the interior needs to be decorated or something stupid. And I'm like, I'm so positive. Your 10 year old said that it's unreal. I am so sure your your 10 year old probably don't even know about the polls, dude. I was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I had some hot takes when I was a kid that were probably more intelligent than your average 10 year old or whatever. But like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And there's, uh, yeah, and there's like, no way I would have said some shit like that either. Like, I don't know. I just, uh, I, that shit kind of cracks me up. Yeah, she wrote that down. She thought about that tweet for a while. She's like, mm. she edited it over time. Oh, yeah. All that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. No, no fucking way. Like, no way. But yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been talking a lot, you know, people of different persuasions and, and getting political with people because I think that's an important uh, element when you're talking with people or when you have opinions in general is just speak with people you disagree with. It's very healthy. Keeps everybody honest, you know. And I, I think, like we said earlier, like a bit of older generations, parents in general, kind of have a hard time doing that. Uh, I think a cult, there's, it's a cultural issue partially because, you know, at school you don't really learn that. You don't learn to talk to people of a different persuasion. You definitely don't learn to challenge uh, the ideas presented to you. It's a bit of an indoctrination yeah. camp where it's like, this is the way, you, you do as we say, or, you know, fuck off, yeah. basically. Which I think is very bad. Um, I think it's good when teachers Careful. allow like open discussions, Socratic seminars, dissenting opinions, like to an extent, obviously, because yeah, I mean, there's obviously something that's like you can't dissent on. Like th- there has to be some common rules and shit. Yeah, not enough, uh, not enough uh, like political uh, classes in high school at all taught. Well, like, well no, uh, I mean, but could you imagine the the outrage? Like it's these these public schools. Yeah. They're, you know, essentially, you know, a monopoly on a kid's education at this point. Not to say, I mean, obviously private options exist, but they're not affordable. So most people, you know, they, they, these schools. So then all the, all the parents have like things that they want to be taught and then teachers have things they want to be taught and nobody can agree on anything. Also, because most of these rules are coming from, you know, the federal level and they have to obey by shit like common core, even though that's not a thing anymore and, and issues like that. And it's like, that is a serious hindrance. You got to be able to. Yeah, we have to decentralize the system so that teachers and parents can use their discretion to teach things and learn things that are important to them. Like I think, obviously, hunting right in a place like I don't know Wyoming, North Carolina, Idaho, these like rural areas is a lot more important to learn in say inner city Los Angeles. 
why would we even bother trying to teach the same curriculum to these two kids? They live in completely different cultures, different lifestyles. Their career opportunities are going to be different. Like it just, to me, it really doesn't make any sense. I don't, I never have subscribed to like one size fits all solutions. That's why I really don't, I don't put a lot of faith in the presidency or politics because it's like, there's this weird mythical disbelief that if we just elect this person, all the problems get fixed. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, no, I agree. And like, uh, like one thing that's toxic is, uh, is just, it, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having, with being a Democrat or being a Republican. I just think the the issue about it is just radicalism, you know, like, you think so? just, yeah, absolutely. It's just like, oh, every, like, especially like a vote blue, no matter who shit like that. Like, it I see what off. you mean. Like, no, I completely agree. Like, yeah. Yeah, like radicalism is, is, I think, the biggest, you know, issue with stuff like that, because when people like to associate themselves, like whether, oh, I'm conservative or, or, or oh, I'm liberal, I'm Democrat, I'm this and that, they they just, they they feel as if they have to agree with every single point in which they, in which party they associate themselves with, because uh, too many people... Too many people nowadays where if you don't agree with them 100%, like you don't share every Republican ideal, or Republican will be like, oh, you're not a real Republican, or oh, you're, you're not a you're real a Democrat. Rhino, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Shit that, like that. Well, there is definitely a sense of tribalism, and, and I don't know exactly what causes it. I would imagine, I, I think part of it definitely is just the American myth and believing the false god of democracy. Like, we think that somehow, because we traded one king making a decision for all these people, that the mob of 62 or 65 or whatever the voting majority is making decisions for people is somehow going to be better. I've never really seen any evidence of that mm-hmm. because look at it, like especially over the last 40 years, we've seen the onsets of very different cultures of people with different beliefs that both have perfectly rational reasons for believing what they believe are fighting a, a war on who gets to impose their will on the rest of the country. And so that's why every four years, you know, the, the, the election cycle is just toxic. It's, this guy sucks. Vote for me. Otherwise, this is going to happen. And it's like yeah. there's some truth to it because obviously, you know, people are just shit. And we have this like, like I said, this mythical belief and this weird obsession that as a country, as, as, a, as a nation, we all have to subscribe to the exact same agenda and have, operate policy that gets written in D.C. and, uh, you know, make that be our policy all the way down. And it's like there's so much evidence of like that system being terrible and like in the private sector, like there's so many corporations and, and businesses and stuff that do like decentralized leadership, the military that literally like says, here's my intent. Here's what I want. And then as it trickles down at every level, you see a bit more discretion and things that work for individuals uh, within that unit or, um, you know, within that sect. And, and I mean, it seems non. it seems like obvious to me, like that is obviously a, yeah. a better system than trying to say we need Medicare for Medicare for all and we need to do all this stuff at the federal level. Like clearly, I don't know when we're going to wake up and realize that's not going to work. There's vastly different cultures in the, in the country and they want to do different things. So why not just have a free market of ideas where if a state or a city or a locality or whatever wants to try some like socialized medicine or something, they can try it. And that's the whole idea behind being like, the United States, like we're supposed to be independent states, part of this greater union, but 
I don't know if it's like post civil war or like exactly what what's caused it, but we have this mentality where like we have to be you know the one nation under God nonsense and and all practice the same thing and have the same beliefs and I'm like it's just it's a fairy tale. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's kind of bring bring the conversation back a little bit to in the issue of like specifically talking to those of the older generation and non non believers, I guess so to say. Um, Mm-hmm. I definitely feel your frustrations, uh, you know, because there's so many fallacies for people supporting both Trump and Biden that are so obvious. Like, there's so many. Like, let's start yeah. with, like with Biden. It's like you're going to sit here and tell me that this guy is qualified, like, to be president after like everything, like all the shit that he says. Yeah, like no way. He's a gaff machine. Like he, I, I, like to a to a black man to his face, he said, "You ain't black." Like, that, or he said, "If." You, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why? And it, he he does all he says like all this stupid shit, like on on like national television, and it's like so much of it just gets like just swept under the rug. It's like nobody cares. It's like nobody's listening well, to what gets, this dude is saying. Well, he certainly gets a free pass just because he's not Trump, and then the overwhelmingly yeah. le- leftist media is gonna you know try to defend him and you know, not, you know, bring attention to the fact that this guy is fucking insane. Like, and to, you know, I don't want to but, harp on And one of the hard. most frustrating things is when, you know, you say, oh, I'm not voting for Trump or, oh, I'm not voting for Biden or like you have any, any, any kind of criticism towards either party, either, pre- either candidate, you know, any, anything you, you mentioned that you dislike, people automatically assume Oh, if you're not voting for Trump, you're going to vote for Biden then. Or oh, you're not going to vote for Trump, you're going to vote for Biden. People always automatically assume. Yeah, there's definitely two party, uh, two party hold on the system. Yeah, like people always just always directly assume that if you don't like Trump, that then you probably like Biden and the other way around. And that that's what frustrates me. Like I, uh, like I person, I told my mom I don't like uh, either party. Like um, I don't like. I don't support Biden. I don't support Trump. Uh, but, you know, when I have my disagreements with her about some of, you know, Trump's stances on, you know, certain things, she or when I say I'm not going to vote for Trump or or I tell her that she should consider voting for somebody else, it's always, oh, no, I'm not voting for Biden. Or, or oh, it's, it's always stuff like that. Or, no, not by, he's better than Biden. People just always assume that. You know, there's only two choices in the matter. Yeah, no, and that that is definitely frustrating. Uh, you know, because I've I've had yeah, very frustrating. There there are three choices, and I do believe. I mean, there's more than three, even if you want to go deep into like the other uh, third parties, like the constitutionalists, the, the Green Party. I do think this year is going to be good for the LP. I think Joe Jorgensen is gaining a lot of traction, and I think she does stand poised to at least secure a good amount mm-hmm. of votes so that the next election cycle is less uh, two-party heavy. But besides that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It, it, I, on one hand, I get frustrated because it's like I wish more people paid attention, but at the same time, it's very reasonable to understand why people don't get involved in politics or pay attention. One, mm-hmm. it doesn't really impact anybody that much. And two, yeah. why the hell would I get involved when uh, everything I see is just toxicity of different people spewing shit at each other. There's no real room for debate. There's no room for dissent. Like you said, the right will call somebody a rhino if they don't get get along with the party's agenda. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the left will do the same thing. Like if, if you don't, you know, subscribe to every single thing that they're preaching, then they don't want anything yeah. to do with you. And it's like this stupid herd 
mob mentality of like no nuance to any of the things that you believe in. And it makes it very difficult to even have a conversation with some of these people because it's like, like you're, you're, you're spitting clear fallacies right now. Like I'll, I'll give it. After a certain point, after a certain point, they just kind of, they just form a bias towards, you know, their beliefs anyway, too. So it's like, after they hold on to their beliefs for so long and associate with themselves for, or associate themselves with something for so long, they, they, they just form a bias, whichever, whichever policy or, whatever agenda that they're trying to push, they'll just automatically fall for it because, you know, they've already, sure. you know, been, I want to say it almost like about indoctrinated almost. Absolutely. Into, it's know, also just the, easier. Core beliefs. It's also just easier mm-hmm. not to think about things and just go, go in line sometimes with what, you know, somebody says like, if you pick that one issue, that's like, I don't know, like say like your issues like abortion. And like, so obviously say you're like pro-life or no, you know what better yet. Let's say you're pro-choice and you know, that's your one thing. It's like, you don't think the government should get involved in abortion, but then you also are with the Democrats who, you know, they like, so you're pro-choice, right? Cause you're pro-choice on having a woman have the right to do what she wants with her body. But then mm-hmm. the democratic party, they don't believe in pro-choice when it comes to healthcare. They don't believe in pro-choice yeah. when it comes to education, right? The only choice they care about is the right for you to fucking get your baby killed. And like, yeah. you know, not to, not to split hairs here, but, um, and then the same thing like with the Republicans, but I don't know. I, I, I hope – I really just desperately hope that coming out of this election and this generation getting more involved, I, I hope we just see some more well-meaning and, and dramatic changes in our discourse because there's no way we can sustain a country like this. The amount of violence yeah. and, and animosity we've seen form it, formulating between right and left and, and like white and black and all these generalized collectivist categories – like that can only go so much. That's not even to mention all the problems we have with our monetary policy and our baseless dollar. Like that's one thing that's going to be traumatic. But just from a cultural standpoint, how do you expect a country to maintain itself when they're constantly at war with each other over bullshit? Yeah. You know, that stuff's going to seep and become toxic. Like look at look at the pandemic is a perfect the past 6 months have been a perfect example of this where you know, it, more than anything, you would think this would be a time for people to set aside bullshit and come together, but it's more toxic than ever. We all have a vested interest. Yeah, in they're at each other's throats over who's wearing masks and, you know, who isn't, who's going, who's going where, at, you know, at what time, with how many people and what they're doing, like what event. It's all this shit. Like, and, and yeah, and that's one thing, too. It's like people need to be respectful and encouraging of healthy skepticism. That now... Be, it, it's important to be um, skeptical but not a skeptic in that you just doubt every single thing you hear no matter what because there is some validation and, and some real you know like honest uh, you know benefit to some of these policies no, no doubt no doubt but it's the fact that like we can't even have a conversation about it that leads people to automatically assume it's bad you know anytime you question something yeah. you get attacked and you get called a racist or you get called you just want people like yeah like with the with the COVID shit, it's like, well, you know, I'm just I'm concerned about the economy and how people are going to pay their bills when everything's shut down. And then it's like, oh, you just want people to die, or oh, you just want to get a haircut, or you just want to go eat. And I'm like, no, dude, I don't give a shit about any of that. I think there's there's real issues to this. Obviously, we don't want people mm-hmm. to die. That's that's insane. I don't I don't want old people yeah. to die. I don't want my grandma or any of the people I care about in my life or anyone to lose their loved ones over some virus. At the same time. Mm-hmm. I also don't want, you know, 
a lot of people killing themselves because they're already struggling to make ends meet and they're getting told that they can't go to work indefinitely. Like, what the hell are they going to do? A lot of these people yeah. that already have mental health problems and don't have a strong community, you know, that like, that's a huge issue too. And, it, and yeah. I got really triggered because I was listening to um, this was a few months ago now, but there was a Facebook video that went around of this chick. She was asking New York Governor Cuomo about it. It's like, hey, there's protesters outside. You know, they're worried. People aren't receiving their unemployment benefits. Like, what do you what do you say to these people? You know, who are worried about that? And he's just like, the alternative to the virus is death, which is such a straw man. Uh-huh. You're not even addressing the root cause. Yeah. She wasn't even saying that the, anything about the virus at all. It had nothing to do yeah. with the virus. It was just straight up like, we understand these are hard times. What are we gonna do about the people not affected by the virus, but affected by these other issues? And it was just, I get that like. He's in a tough position. I'm not going to you know, attack a person like that who's in you know, the governor of a state and, and all this shit. And I'm not from New York or anything, but just that specific clip. Mm-hmm. And somebody had shared it, and it was like one of those occupied Democrats videos. I'm just like, dude, and they're like praising him for, for owning this fucking this, – this Trump uh, reporter or whatever. And I'm like nothing she said had anything to do with Trump at all. It, had, it, it, wasn't, it didn't have anything yeah. to do with like the right side of politics. It was a very rational, reasonable question. Like, we're concerned about this. Yeah. What are we going to do about this? It's the same thing. Like, I shared a, uh, a meme. Uh, it was uh, some chick in Portland getting, you know, taken away by some, some federal agent or whatever. And, you know, this guy's like, well, I want more context because, you know, the violence in Portland. And it's like, well, obviously, I think both issues are concerned. I think... There's very, there's very much a lot of room to be concerned about the violence and the protesting, but there's also concern about the government abusing their power, right? So it's like, what mm-hmm. do we do? Um, and, and like, he kept trying to like push me to one side or the other on it, and I like, I, I wasn't like giving. I was just like, look, I, you know, I, I understand why someone would be sympathetic towards federal agents coming in and stopping the violence because the state police haven't done anything, and we, we yeah. want our communities to be safe. But I do think that there's a room for, for fear and skepticism when these, pe- when these federal agents are putting people in unmarked vehicles based on a very loose law, especially when you've seen such, you know, there's a lot of videos going around of just cops and, and people of authority just straight up abusing, no shit, peaceful protesters. And, and he kept, and then he brought, yeah. and then another thing, he brought Trump into it. He was like, what, what else would you have done? Trump did the right thing. I'm like, dude, I didn't say anything about Trump. I wasn't even criticizing Trump. Because I don't, and to yeah. be honest, I don't even think there's much the guy could be doing about this situation. Even if he is signing off on the federal agents doing something, his hands are half are tied. Like no matter what, he's going to lose. And that same thing is going to apply to to any yeah. president that tries to do anything. You're going to piss off half the country with just about any decision you make. So I, like I'm not trying to attack yes. him for that. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm commentating on the situation. But it goes back to that political tribalism. But I don't know, man. I had uh-huh. an issue too with my like my stepdad, where. He, every time he calls me, he will try to argue with me about some – one of the dudes that got like – like George Floyd was a big one. And he's always just – he's always trying to say like yeah. – he, he's like apologetic so almost for the cop or not even apologetic, just almost trying to say it's, it's justified because he was a bad dude. Like apparently because you know, George Floyd did a lot of shit in his life. He pointed a gun at a pregnant woman sometime. He had – you know, but okay. Yeah. Does that matter? Like just look at the, look at the situation objectively and tell me. Does that matter? Because one, the cop didn't apparently. Well, Derek Chauvin apparently and him knew each other, so that's one layer to the story. But let, assuming we don't know that, what we're looking at is is a cop, three of four cops kneeling on a dude's neck 
for five minutes as he's saying he can't breathe. He's not resisting, and he's pleading for them to help him. There's nothing else to the situation. There's no additive amount of details that you can say that justifies that. I don't care if the guy just killed 10 people. Yeah. And not to mention, even even like with the whole pregnancy situation, like that was it was years ago. Like now I'm not I'm not trying to like, you know, say it, it was OK. I mean, it, it's fucked up what he did, assuming, it, you know, it's real. I don't know, like the whole I, I mean, I'm guessing it's real. I don't know the whole like story. I haven't read on it, read up on it completely. But like even then, like I, it happened like so long ago. So like to try and justify something, it's like it's like if you're it's like if your brother stole a piece of candy from you when you were five. And then, like, you know, five years later, you, you get back at him for stealing that piece of candy from him. You know, it's, it's stupid. It's just well, dude, like, that. like it's, let's just turn the tables on it a second. Let's assume for a second that it is real and that let's say the cops weren't even responding to the whole forgery thing. They were responding to him fucking pointing his gun at a pregnant woman. And they get to the scene and, you know, he, he gets in handcuffs and they, they get him to the ground and he's not resisting at that point. If that's the case, it's still not the cop's job to, to be the ju- judge, jury, and executioner. Your job is to bring somebody in so they can stand trial. Yeah. At least, you know, we pretend we believe in that in this country. And it's like, I don't know. I, I can't stand when they get apologetic about it. And they always try to find ways to justify their agenda. Like, he, there was another thing he was saying to me that was just kind of getting to me. It, <sighs> I'm trying to remember. Oh, like, they, they tried to, the other, this was a non-issue. They tried to uh, make a big deal out of the fact that, like apparently the first autopsy said he didn't uh, die of uh, strangulation. He died of like heart problems or something. So therefore cop is not guilty of killing yeah, him. Yeah, bullshit. bullshit. Even if he did. Okay. But let's assume again that that's true. Let's assume that he didn't die of fucking asphyxiation and he died of like a heart disease or whatever. Heart, right. Assuming that's true. Mm-hmm. He sat there and pleaded with them for five minutes. Lifeless. They like, yeah, even longer yeah. than that. And so, like, there's nothing you can say that makes this okay. So stop trying to pretend. And that's what I hate. It's like, you, you talk to any, like, normal person that doesn't get really too involved in politics, and normally they're a lot more reasonable than very political people because they don't yeah. really have those biases. Yeah. Well, no, even – I mean, there's no excusing what he did. I mean, even before that, he had over a dozen, uh, you know, uh, police brutality reports before that and i think he was even responsible for the death of somebody else like before that whole situation anyway yeah man the whole situation is just fucked and the polit- the political climate yeah. it just we got to do something as a country about this just awful tribalism towards each other because how the hell are we going to get anything done when every four years all we fight about is the wrong person getting elected and this and that it's like look just let's fucking i don't know i'm not saying we need to secede or anything but give some fucking discretion to states to run things the way they want to. Because, because it's a lot easier to lobby your state government than it is to lobby, you know, Congress. And an entire country. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, it's just – when you look at the system, if you told somebody who had nothing to – like if an alien came down from space and you tried to tell them mm-hmm. about like our system, they would laugh at how stupid it is on paper. Because like, like I said about democracy, yeah. like it's just this false god where like we think it's great because people have these fake choices. One, like, uh, like political corruption aside, what choice do you have when you vote? It, you we're presented with two options, and basically you just vote out of self-defense because most of the time you're not even voting for Trump or for Biden. You're voting against Trump or Biden because you don't want that agenda pushed on you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough dealing with, with that. And then like – I get frustrated too, and I think you spoke about this a little bit, like 
we were talking about how because we're younger, people just automatically assume we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh-huh. What do you think about that? What, that's probably the most frustrating thing about it, especially when you, you try and get your points across and somebody will say, I don't really, I don't understand what you're saying or I don't understand that point, but yet are still confident in their side of the argument. And it be, and that's one of the things that can become aggravating the most. It's, it's because you sit there and then you think, well, how can you be so confident in your side of the art, in your side of your argument? If you aren't even understanding the points that I'm trying to get across in the first place, which like, which really is probably the most upsetting because even after listening to you, there's still, I feel like people pretend they listen to you, but they, they really, they just, I don't know. I feel like they, they tune you out once, uh, you know, their, their ideals are challenged or maybe not challenged, but like, you know, for once when you point out, that they're just—I don't want to say inaccurate because everybody has their own opinions, but I know, think you're you're onto something on certain topics. Inaccurate, you know, for lack of a better word. No, I, I yeah. Like for example, like with my with my mom, I was telling her how, uh, like for example, one of the things that I pointed out was that Trump doesn't support free market, and my mom was like, "Well, I don't even know what that means." But you know, how can you be a patriot if you don't? I mean, free market is one of the most, you know, I don't even know the word for it right now. But, you know, how can you be, that is one of the most essential things. And how can you consider yourself to be a patriot if, you know, that's, if you feel the government should have regulations over, you know, people's competition with one another right. and stuff like well, that. Well, I mean, that's a whole debate yeah. in of itself, but to the point of, you know, people tuning you out when they hear a different point of view, I don't think like you, I, I don't think people hear you, but people don't listen. The second that you get in a conversation with somebody about anything political, yeah. it definitely turns into, um, they'll hear one thing you say, they'll say why they don't agree with that thing. And that the whole time you're talking, they're only thinking about what they're going to say to you. They're not actually listening. And you can tell. Yes, can they're t- just yeah. they're waiting for their turn to speak again. Exactly, of, and exactly, you know, listening to you. And you can tell yeah. by the pace of the conversation. Like when there's a solid like couple seconds of a pause, like after you guys get done talking, it's like okay, you know, I and then they sit there and they, they actually think about what you said. Like you can tell when some when when discussions get heated really quick and people are just talking over each other and everything. That's how you know. Like they're not actually listening. They're just trying to validate their own positions and prove you wrong. And which yeah, which is pro- why I think most of the time it does get heated in the first place. Like yeah, no, just and that's and that's one of the frustrating things about the liberty movement to this point as we have, we in general have just kind of been bad at selling liberty even though it's like the easiest thing to sell. Like yeah. It's literally like selling water to a to a fucking dehydrated person walking through the desert. It is very simple set of principles, you know, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff, and here's how we work it out. And it's not hard to sell. It's it's a very, you know, reasonable and appealing thing. It's just that I think that the political niche of people that, you know, actually care about politics and weirdos like me and you, like we think about things differently than like say the the average person not to say like that we're better or smarter or anything but like we just consider yeah. a lot of things and hypotheticals that other people may not consider and because of that those that wind up being very political usually become heavily opinionated and don't challenge their beliefs and so spike cohen the v, you know the vp nom brings up a great point about like if somebody is talking to you about healthcare 
and they say something to you along the lines of, I'm very concerned with healthcare in this country because I don't want people to go without healthcare and um, you know, I don't want people dying over things they don't need to die about. And so because of, because of that, um, you know, I, I think we should do like Medicare for all. And so good, the bad thing and, and what you would say to that is like, oh, well, you're stupid, you're wrong, healthcare for all is a disaster, here's why. Instead of like meeting people where they are and just talking about what you agree on and then hopefully you make them come to the realization that there's fallacies in their own position or, or maybe realize they just haven't thought about it a certain way. Because mm. like with healthcare is a great example. Like, you know, nobody wants people to go without healthcare. That's awful. We don't want people dying and, and, and their lives getting ruined over things that happen to no fault of their own. That's, that's horrendous. Nobody wants to see yeah. that. Um, so how do we, you know, show people we're really on the same side with this sort of thing. And I'm like, that to me, it's just easy to say like, Hey, you're right. The, the price of healthcare is out of control, but in my opinion, or, you know, what, what, or maybe not even say my opinion, but like the real reason prices are out of control is due to government interference and regulation. And then, you know, if, especially if you're well read on these topics and you actually have thought about it, you can easily just, you know, show them that if we did, you know, if we, if we got rid of like, uh, patent laws on certain drugs, if we made competition based, uh, you know, we got rid of a lot of these regulations that benefit the bigger providers and allowed smaller providers to compete. You would see dramatic uh, decreases in the cost of healthcare. The more we get government out of it, the better the system gets. And there's a lot of evidence of that. And when you when you come at people uh, from a position of respect, it's just a lot easier to persuade them. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, you're never true. you're never going to convince somebody that they're wrong, but you can convince somebody to think in a different way depending on how you go about it. Because yeah. like my like my mom, she's very reasonable uh, and she's more Republican. But I, I I have it I have I have an easier time uh, talking to her about why I believe what I believe and say something like my stepdad. Because my stepdad is just it's always I normally I just have to say okay because I know it's not going to result in anything productive. I know it's yeah. just going to turn into him getting mad or like he's like you're such a liberal and I'm like I I guess like I'm if you mean by the classical sense and liberal sure but like. I don't support the Democrats. I, I never have. So mm. it's just a baseless accusation. And, and that's another thing. It's just demonizing the other side, which is so toxic, man. Yeah. Uh, let me ask something. Are your parents or, well, maybe not both your parents, but at least your stepdad, are they for like, um, like my parents personally, whenever uh, I say, uh, you know, like defund the police or stuff like that, they, they, they really, they disagree hardcore. And they think, in fact, that police should be getting even more funding than they already are. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Like, is are your right with that, or I haven't really talked to them about it. Really. But I haven't really talked to them about it. But I can mm-hmm. assume, obviously, they wouldn't be for it. Like the one thing I heard my mom mention is she she does think it would be such a disaster, and and honestly, she is right. Um, as much as I do want reform and I do want us to, to change the country and be in more of the free direction. We're as a society, absolutely not ready to actually have that conversation on what that entails. Because when you say, when you say yeah. defund, when the left says defund the police or the extremes on the left, right. They're not thinking one, they're not thinking rationally about like, what do cops do that is good? And what are we going to do to replace that? And they're also not, mm-hmm. they're not thinking it too to its logical extreme, which like if you, on the left are saying we need to get rid of the police because they're bad and we don't want a monopoly on violence against our communities and stuff like that. Okay. Well, you literally just gave up 
everything else that you believe in as, as a leftist, generally speaking, because leftists tend mm-hmm. to think, you know, we need more government solution. And there's nothing more yeah. government than cops. Like cops are the direct, you know, enforcers of the laws that governments pass. So if you're saying it's bad mm-hmm. for our communities to have this government, you know, funded and regulated service, well, how the hell are you going to sit here and tell me that the government should be in charge of healthcare, or should be in charge of, of schooling or anything? So I think that's kind of interesting that they – I think some people haven't really thought that one through. I don't know. When it comes to the police thing, I, I, I try to be very rational about it because obviously you and me being very pro-liberty. I mean because it's a complex – I mean it's a, it's a big gray – it's a huge gray area. You know, like there, there's good cops. You know, like I don't want to push – I don't like that all cops are bad. But like, part of me, I could be, I could just be total, I could be totally wrong about this. Like, I, uh, I, it could just be from what my experience and what I've seen. But like, personally, for me, I just, I feel like if you took every video compiled from the internet of what you could find of good police videos and bad police videos, I just, I just feel like if you were to count them, I feel like the the bad police videos would just outnumber the good policeman videos and that, but that could also just be because, you know, in certain acts like that, when a cop's being a fucking asshole, it's just, that's when people think they want to record. I definitely, I definitely think people think it's the best time to record. So at the same time, you know, that, that, that is also, you know, one, a major thing. No, I think, I think that's part of it. Um, Well, that's why I don't subscribe to the, the all cops are bad hashtag at all, because like, Uh here's the thing. How like how nonsensical is that? Because how many times are there, you know the the rationale between between or behind the, the, the saying all cops are bad is that if there's ten good cop or there's ten bad cops and ten thousand good cops, but the ten thousand good cops don't do anything about the bad cops, then we have ten thousand and ten bad cops. But I mean that's obviously yeah. that's kind of nonsensical mm-hmm. because there's there are many instances across the country of good police stations doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and cops that are never faced with an, an adversity check of your your coworkers being an asshole or something like that. Like there's a lot of instances of that. Yeah. So I I can't subscribe to that. Obviously, it's an individual case by case basis. But at the same time, there is a cultural a deeper cultural problem behind policing in the country. Obviously, I think it stems from from government enforcing laws that are immoral. Like locking people up for fucking putting drugs in their body. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like I think I think a huge like the biggest problem is we've given police too much responsibility enough as it is. Like, for example, also partially what people mean when they say defund the police. Like personally for me, when I say defund the police, I'm not saying get rid of them entirely. At least not yet. I mean, baby steps. If we were to make it to that point, like people wanted, like, let's say if people didn't want like social workers or, you know, whatever the, the politically correct term for it would be. Uh, right. But like, like for me, like, I think a, the biggest issue is how much responsibility we had given them in Absolutely. the first place. Like, like, for example, let's say like somebody with, with like a mental illness uh, has, has a mental illness and, um, and they're having I don't want to like an ep- and they're having an episode you know I, 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 I don't know if that's like you know uh, an offensive term or no, not no, no, I don't, no, I don't please, know anymore please, but, uh, but yeah let's say like if somebody's having you know an episode people's first instinct is you know to call the police right whereas instead imagine if all that funding that we put in to 
you know, pol- like police and shit like that annually. Imagine if we took a fraction of that budget and put it towards something like, like, you know, rehabilitation. Mental health or, services or something. You know, yeah. mental, mental health services or something I like that. It, yeah. Same thing goes for, like, drugs. Like you said, when somebody's high on drugs, we, um, you know, we want to send, we, we call the police. That's what people want to do. Instead of saying, instead, that's another fraction of, you know, police funding that could go towards, you know, rehabilitation facilities and helping people instead of, you know, locking them up for, you know, non-aggressive victimless crimes, you know, or let's say if somebody, let's see, like, let's say like, what's like a extremely like petty crime, like Uh, making a fake dollar bill. Yeah, exactly. Like making a fake dollar bill. Uh, Let's say, or like, or like loitering, some shit like that. Imagine if another fraction of that, we took a fraction of funding that goes towards police and put it towards, you know, something like, I don't know, I get American education system and teach us how to, you know, solve problems. I guess, I guess where we don't need to be supervised all the time or, you know, treated or what's the word for it? Nanny laws or some shit like I feel that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. nanny laws well, is a good term for there's, that. There's a lot of little reforms you can do. And I think obviously, um, Obviously, everything you said is spot on. Like, stop enforcing victimless crimes. If you're gonna have police, have them actually exist with the purpose of, um, you know, enforcing, you know, preventing violence and preventing violent crimes, preventing theft, things like that would be a tremendous step in the right direction. Certainly, um, I think that that's that's certainly part of it. Uh, I think there's a lot of cultural changes. So, obviously, in my opinion, the ultimate thing we could do to make things better would be uh, you know, private police because long-term, if you're talking about um, you know, having effective services, the best services come from the free market. And the free market mm-hmm. – and the reason being for that is that in the, in the free market system, producers are entirely uh, responsible directly to their consumers because they're the ones paying them. But in a government system, when there's yeah. a monopoly on things, where we have this illusion of um, – Accountability, where you know they say, well, the government is accountable towards the taxpayer, but you don't have a choice in paying your taxes. And even if even yeah. if you vote to change it, um, it doesn't in the in the long run it doesn't really change anything. So there is no real system of accountability there. There's just a lot of loopholes and abuses of power that happen constantly. So if if we wanted to, the ultimate goal would be obviously multiple private institutions providing that service, but. Let's talk more reasonably because I don't think the country's even anywhere ready for that. What would we do if we wanted to, you know, make the situation better right now? And obviously, I think one thing that can make things a little bit better is changing the, the uniforms. I think what you said was a big deal of, um, you know, just changing who we call for what things. Because cops are overloaded. Stop victimless crimes. Stop drug crimes. You know, these are these are fantasy crimes. Like we don't need to fucking enforce yeah. these things. If if we want to And kids with their lemonade stance and shit like, like Yeah, we don't need that. If yeah. we want cops and we want them to exist for the purposes of keeping us safe, which you know, the Supreme Court rule technically speaking, they don't have a responsibility or an obligation to uh keep us safe. They have to have an obligation to enforce laws, whatever. If that's what we believe and that's fine, then let them do that. And the best method of them doing that is not having these bullshit, you know, petty, petty, um, petty crimes. Uh, I think changing, yeah. changing the uniforms would be a big step. I think having military, 
having them be militarized, having all this extra gear, I think that's obviously bad. If you made them more of like a member of a community, that would be you know tremendously helpful. I think yeah. I think if you, um, so so that's one part. Remove the militarization, and then another thing that would be huge is training. Like cops, a lot of these times, maybe six months of training, and then you're on the job, and you don't really train much after that. You know, yeah. Uh, and if we did something where we were actually fucking training these people, you know, and then they were more apt to how to handle somebody who say has a mental illness, um, you know, maybe that would put us in a better direction where they actually know how to respond to these things. Accountability is huge, uh-huh. and things like qualified immunity. There's a lot of little reforms. And before we go, I don't want this to turn into that, but there are a lot of little reforms that we could do that would definitely make the situation better. But I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how are we ever going to get to a, a place where we can talk about those things when the second you talk to somebody you disagree with, you completely dismiss everything they say? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's just kind of everybody like that's it's it's just kind of human nature, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. I mean, people got their biases, but I don't know, man. I, I do hope I'm very hopeful. I think that we we have a lot of room to grow and there are a lot of real changes that can happen that can make things a lot better. I think this election is going to be huge. It's like every apparently every election is the biggest election of our lifetime. Um, but that really kind yeah. of feel like that really does kind of hit home with this one. It does feel like the country is at a very weird and pivotal pivot. Uh, Just at each other's throats. At each other's constantly. throats. There's a lot of civil unrest. There is, um, you know, there's rioting in the streets. People can't get along with each other. Um, there's just a lot of toxicity in, in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's tough. And, and, and until we um, until we get to a, a point where, you know, we're handling these issues like adults and we're actually having conversations and people are, are listening to reason and not just emotions, we're not going to get anywhere. You know, people are just going to continue to, to yeah. yell at each other. And so I don't know, man. I, I do hope these debates happen. I hope JoJo can get into them depending. Uh, you know, I think that would be a, a tremendous step in the right direction, physically showing people there is a third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ending the duopoly finally, but we'll see. I mean, I I don't want to because I do I do want her. And it pains me to say it, I don't think she will be able to get in this year because I, I just I really think most of all she's just lacking exposure. Yes. But I I think uh, what she's doing now could you know could really pave the way for you know the future of you know third party. Yes. and that's and that's uh, kind of work. That's where I'm at too, because Mm. I I look at it like this. I compare a bit from 2016 to 2020. What I feel, uh, I feel like both Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen are tremendously more charismatic and better at teaching and selling liberty to, um, you know, to people. So I think that helps a lot. Uh, I think that's going to be a big step in the right direction. And I do think the exposure she gains now is going to roll over a little bit into the next election because, you know, a lot of people are hearing about libertarianism and third parties for really the first time in their lives. And so I'm hoping she can, because yeah. unlike what Gary Johnson did where, you know, he got a lot of protest votes. I'm hoping she can, this ticket can actually recruit into the party. Uh, so that way there's a much stronger baseline. The biggest thing and the biggest achievement that could come out of this is if they were to, um, if they were to get, get 5% of the vote. And here's why I think that, well, so I don't know how familiar you are with, with this, but, if somebody on the national level gets 5% of the vote, they gain, they secure public funding for their party uh, and they get guaranteed yeah. ballot access, which right now the Libertarian Party is looking like they're going to have ballot access in all 50 states. However, um, 
you know, that's still, still a fight to get those signatures, make it happen. Um, uh-huh. That all that labor and all that manpower that that's been gotten, been put into um, doing that this year, that labor's freed up for the next one where we can actually be spreading the message, raising money, doing shit like that. Uh, and, and I do yeah. think we're in a good direction where I, um, they can secure 5%. Reason being is that, you know, we look at what Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, who are both, you know, sorry to all the Gary Johnson, Bill Weld fans, very un- not charismatic and not good at selling liberty. Uh, and they got 11% yeah. in a national poll. And they got, I want to say, 3%, 3 or 3.71, something like that, like 3 to 4% of the vote in 2016, 4 million people, and mostly out of just protests. Um, uh-huh. If they can recruit and they can get a lot of excitement, uh, I do think they can crack 5% this year, regardless of making it to the base or not. Uh, I think their marketing strategies worked really well. And I think if you get that 5%, maybe turn a state or two, which would be insane. Uh, I think next year it's going to be – Next next time around, we're going to see a very different uh, coverage of it. Because let's face it, regardless of if Trump or Biden wins, we're fucked come 2024. The country is going to be in yeah. a bad spot in four years, economically, culturally, oh, yes. all that. So let's just yes, – yeah. There's going to be a lot of unrest. Yeah. And, and that's a good point that Adam made, the guy I had on my podcast last one. I don't know if you, you heard it. He's a big Andrew Yang fan, fan of UBI and all that. And he was saying, I guess – 2020 is a good year for libertarians because everyone just universally doesn't like the government right now. So maybe it's a good yeah. time to, to sell our agenda more better than ever. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause people, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, how different it is now, but when all this shit was like first hitting the fan, like fucking burning down a police precinct had like a higher approval rating than like Biden or Trump, yes. like combined. Yes. So, you know, as I mean, as of now, I mean that could have that could have definitely changed within a matter of how many months it's been. Uh, but I'm still hoping, like that, it's you know people are still aware that you know they're fucking us. Like, yeah. they're not giving us the best options that we should be given. No, I completely agree, and I think I I, I was in the mindset going into this that there's no way Trump loses just because of how awful the Democrats' campaign strategies had been, the media coverage. A lot of things just were in his favor, but, I mean, we're looking at it now. And I don't put too much stake into these national polls, but, you know, he's getting destroyed in these polls. And, like, it really sucks. And Peter Schiff, great, brilliant economist, put it in a very intelligent way is to say that, um, you know, what he ran on was telling people, you know, the truth, that the economy sucks, things aren't as good as they're saying it is, and, you know, the situation is, is not good. Um, and, you know, people resonated with that. They're like, we're right. Like the, the economy is not as good as they're saying it is. The systems, whole system's corrupted. Um, we can't, you know, trust our politicians. This guy's going to get in here. He's going to make America great again. And here we are four years later. Mm-hmm. The swamp's deeper than it ever was. He hasn't pulled us out of any of these foreign wars that he said he would. Uh, the economy is not doing that great. Um, and, you know. I mean, not doing that great is to put it lightly. So, like, it's just it's going to be a tough sell for uh, you know for for him yeah. to say you should vote for me again. Now, his one the, the thing he has going for him for sure is Biden is his opponent. So, uh, like, yeah. if for some reason he can get uh, if they can make the debates happen, that'll definitely play heavily in, in Trump's favor for sure because he would run laps around that guy. Not only because not only because Trump yeah. is just he doesn't debate the way a norm, a normal politician does. Um, you know, you want to get Biden is, has never debated well in his life. I don't know if you ever saw the 
the 2012 when Paul Ryan was the Republican nominee for the VP uh, and him and Biden had a debate. And Paul Ryan is, in my opinion, he's not that remarkable of a debater or speaker or anything. And he just made Biden look so frustrated on simple issues. And, you know, he really he made him look bad. And, and I just uh-huh. think like how how fucking like, crazy it would be because. I mean, we saw what Trump did to Hillary in the, in the debates, and Hillary's a refined politician. She's a snake as far as I'm concerned, but she yeah. at least knows how to talk to people and, and convey a message uh, from a political standpoint. He made her look awful. So, Oh, yeah, I agree. She's a, she's a, she's a fucking yeah. bitch, but she knows how to, she knows how to, how to use well, her She didn't words. get to the, to the position she's been in on accident, for sure. But yeah. you know, just imagine, like, there's so many things you can hit Biden with. There's a lot of things you can hit Trump with, but I don't know if Biden... I feel like a lot of times with the left, what they'll do is they'll hit with the wrong thing. They'll hit with stuff that they think, you know, that, that excites their base, but they don't, you know, they don't realize that, you know, only their base cares about that. They'll say shit that the average American just doesn't give a shit about. And that doesn't play yeah. in their favor oftentimes because, um, you know, you can only call somebody a racist so long before it completely loses its meaning. And we're at a point where it's completely yeah. lost its meaning. Everything's racist. Everyone's, oh, yeah. you know, everyone on the right's racist. Like, you know, that's part of the reason why Trump was able to win so easy because everyone, it's like yeah. a lot of people, they didn't like Trump, but they knew that the alternative was the left hating them. And it's not because they're racist, but just because yeah. they don't agree with them. And so it's like, fuck you. Like, I don't like Trump, but at least I don't have to worry about, you know, fucking him being, uh, you know, being told I'm going to get be a racist or I'm a bad person. So. It's yeah. gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be real interesting. We're only three months away. Um, we'll see. I'm fucking. I'm here with my popcorn, ready to go. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm waiting for shit to hit. The we fan. should. Uh, when the time comes, we should do like a live stream of the debate and just fucking react to it as it's going on. Oh, dude, that sounds. I think genius. that's what we're gonna do. I really like how Rogan does the uh, the fight companions with his with his buddies, and they'll, they'll talk about the yeah. fights. But I think uh, I think it would be hilarious to just live stream a reaction to those because uh oh boy is it going to be a show assuming they happen a lot of people are trying to say they don't think they're even going to happen which i i don't know i think it's hard to to sell yeah. like if i was in the biden camp that is exactly 100 percent what i would be doing right now is how the fuck do we get us not to debate this guy you know but uh we'll see yeah we'll definitely see man yeah yeah we will <laughs> We will indeed. Well, we got off a little, uh, you know, a little bit off on some different tangents, but that's always good. Those are good conversations. Um, what do yeah. you think uh, was your favorite part, best part of this episode? Um, I like calling Hillary a bitch. <laughs> that good. Uh, watch out, man. She yeah. turns people that oppose oppose that family. Yeah, down, uh... fucking FedEx drivers <laughs> gonna pull up on my door and shit. <laughs> Fuck, dude. You know, on that, like. Yeah. Jesus, man. I, I don't, we're not going to dive too deep in any conspiracies, but this whole. Oh yeah, we'll need to make a different uh, podcast. Yeah, for that. whole different. Yeah, show. no doubt. Because I don't know. I don't believe a lot of the the internet stuff we see, but there is some shady business uh, when it comes to the Clintons. Oh yeah, there's a there's a lot of tinfoil hat shit going on. But yeah, like, that's a good way of putting it. Fucking dude, sh- like when uh, uh fuck recently that judge who's fucking kid got killed by the, the, the fedex uh, driver epson kid yeah fucking fucking kid kid got killed uh her wife got her husband got shot and like the, the next day they said that the gunman was found dead it's mm-hmm. like 
There is no fucking way you. Ex- they just said, oh, and then they said that uh, it was completely unrelated to you know the whole Epstein case. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like, how the fuck do you expect people? How do you expect me to believe this? I don't know, man. I mean, there are a lot of. Co- no, they're not even trying. There are, yeah, there are a lot of coincidences for sure. But at the same time, I'm, yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm surprised. Uh, Gizane, I don't know how to say it. His fucking. I call her Gizlane. <laughs> I know that's not how you pronounce it, but for the sake of the, the, <laughs> the sake of this, I know Gizlane uh, is. Uh, I'm surprised she's alive. Yeah. Not gonna lie, I would. I didn't think they would let her live this long. Yeah, have, have it, we haven't received, haven't seen any uh, photos of her though since uh, her arrest. Somebody posted something kind of, that it's a little sus. Somebody posted something kind of interesting that was like uh, there were two things about it. One to the point you said about. Um, we they live streamed this giraffe giving birth for fucking forty eight hours, but why don't we have live stream of her cell, right? Which I mean, fucking I'm on yeah. board. That should be live stream because I I don't want them the cameras conveniently go out again, uh, like they did with Jeffrey, uh, good old Jeff. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I saw. Oh yeah, no. Even even my family, my even my parents think that they'll they'll use the uh, they'll they'll use the coronavirus. Excuse. Exactly. They'll, they'll say she died of coronavirus but but i think i think everybody thinks that now so like now they're they're you know they're trying to think they need an exit strategy for sure somebody posted something of like uh it was like a preliminary um like article saying that her coronaviruses were symptoms were uh were worsening and it was like the the picture of the article was taken on like the fifth or something and the the date of it was like the Mm -hmm. 11th which i mean that could easily be faked but i wouldn't be surprised i mean i don't know I don't know, man. It's hard to trust anything these days because, like you said, there's just so many tinfoil hats. Oh. Hello? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. But anyway, we talked about it a lot. It's been an hour plus. It's good having you back, man. And uh, we'll have to make sure to do one of these again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. All right, bro. And thank you guys for joining us. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Peace.